Welcome to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. Well, I want to get right into this and what time I have remaining here this morning. I'm in part two of this uh, called Arise, Shine. Last week we started this and we, had, we talked about two things we must do, and that's arise, shine. There's zero fear, zero darkness that we should we should give room toward. There's only one thing that's needful, and that's to lean in and go after the presence and the glory of God, as David said in Psalm 27. And there were nine, nine traps to avoid. And uh, so we, we launched this, and uh, the, the title we used last week was Get Back Up, Get Lit Up, Turn Your Face to the Sun, Get Back Up, Arise, Shine, we talked about that luminous essence that God is trying to reveal to the church. Turn your face to the sun. Look right into the glory of God. That's the whole purpose of God. Go to the next one for me, please. It doesn't seem to be work. This is all based on Isaiah verse six, chapter 60, verses 1 to 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. I love that verse. And then, uh, there we go. Then today, so I want to start here by, by talking about this glory. When he, when he talked, because it, this, this is a very powerful, very deep scripture but I want to try to, to get it where you can grab a hold because when it talks about, you know, the glory of the Lord is risen upon you and the, that his glory will be seen on you, I, I kind of want to talk about that and about obtaining the glory, obtaining the glory. Because uh, the fact of the matter is every child of God has this yearning to obtain the glory. And when we were worshiping this morning, I mean, the songs could not have fallen in line anymore. And when we were singing, you know, about this pursue, I will pursue. What are we pursuing? We're pursu pursuing the glory, the, the presence, the, the very shining, uh, luminous presence of God. And I will pursue, I will leave everything away. And every child of God has this yearning to obtain this glory. And, uh, and yet there's, I want to talk to you uh, to get started here about the tension that is in this truth, the glory versus darkness, because I think, and, I, and this is really fundamental, but it needs to be said here because some of you are struggling with the fact that there's, there can be truth, but it can be held in tension. In other words, how many of you believe the Lord heals? Healing is a part of the New Testament teaching, Right. You know, that uh, let the, is any sick among you, let the elders of the church anoint him with oil and the Lord shall raise him up. Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are healed. We, we believe that healing is in the atonement. But how many of you know that people still get sick? So what's, there's a tension here between, you know, the truth of, 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 of that the Lord heals and yet there's the reality, too, that there, there is sickness, and there's a truth held in tension. Every, every truth has a certain attention be, behind it. Uh, you know, how many of you know that 
The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That's a truth, right? But how many of you know there's the ten, how many of you know Christians who sin? And 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 I'm not busting anybody out or anything, but but anyway, <laughs> forgive me. I but see, there's the truth intention. I believe in the blood of Jesus that cleanses me from sin. But I struggle sometimes too with my own my own uh, desires and my own my own life and my own walk. Can I can I say that and y'all not lose confidence in me? I know a lot of preachers. You know they don't talk in reality. They yeah you know I'm living I'm just living the dream. Well, my life is no dream. And, uh, and, and, but I, but I, I believe in the truth of, of salvation through the blood of Jesus and holiness and righteousness. And, and yet I know there's a tension there that it's held in tension that we have to walk, we have to walk this out every day because if you're not careful too, when you least expect it, the devil will just come upside and slap you right upside the head with something the Bible says, take heed lest you think you stand. Just when you think you got this all going good, all of a sudden, next thing you know, the devil will knock you down. And there's that truth and tension. And, 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 and so I could go on. I could talk to you about all kinds of different biblical truths that we hold dear, uh, that, that, that are held in tension. We believe, we believe the truth. I, I, I believe in the truth, but I also live in the tension of, of between what is, what is true and, and what the enemy is, is trying to, to do in the face of that. Are, are you with me? So I wanted to just kind of talk about that in light of what we just read in Isaiah chapter 60, because there's a certain tension between the glory and the darkness. See, in Isaiah 60, he says, arise, shine, for thy light is come. Hallelujah. And the glory of the Lord is risen on you. Hallelujah. How many of you woke up this morning and you didn't feel so glorious? Some of y'all didn't look too glorious either. Truth be told. Some of y'all should quit posting early morning Facebook pictures. My Lord. You know, it's like, ugh. So anyway... So there's this, there's this tension between glory, arise, shine, thy light has come. Glory is risen on you. But then he says, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. That's tension. I don't know if you know it or not, but the darkness is all around us. You don't have to go very far to find this darkness. You don't have to go very far to find the, 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 ups, the up opposite side of you know, and, and, we, and we have to walk through some things. Last night, we did a memorial here of a, of a guy that, used to, that, I, that went to, uh, worked for me. Uh, and it came to work for me when I had a construction company. This was, seemed like a lifetime ago. And he was in his 20s. And he was a very troubled man and young man. And, and, uh, and Kevin came to work for me. And... and uh, and, and as our relationship developed, and there's this a, long, a lot to it, a lot of layers, but back in uh, October of last year, he went to the doctor, uh, which, which he had to be forced to do that because some of you men are stubborn as mules. When, they went to the, when he finally did get 
talked into going to the doctor, he was, he was diagnosed with four-stage cancer. Darkness just overwhelmed him because that's, that's what happens and, and when things, you know, you'd be going along. He was a young man. He'd been on this journey. I, 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 watched, him, I watched him turn his life slowly toward the Lord and he had a lot of issues, a lot of brokenness. But God was just doing a work and, and God was sh- trying to shine in, the, in all of this darkness. And, and as it would have it, uh, last, last Sunday, a week ago Sunday, he passed away. And we did his service here. And all of the guys that used to work for me were here. Mo- not all of them, but a lot of them. Guys I hadn't seen for years. I know darkness. I'm acquainted with darkness. I, I face darkness. I see what drug addictions do to people. I had a word with one of the men that worked for me. I looked at him. I said, are you, are you okay? He said, oh, yeah. And I go, man, you're not okay. Just, you just be honest with me for a minute. What's going on in your world? He started to, you know, stutter and I said, dude, I'm not here to condemn you, man. I want to help you. I said, in the times that I've been away from all of this and I haven't seen you in years, you know, I said, I've stood here in this platform. We were standing right there talking. I said, I've, stand, I've stood here and I said, do you know how many funerals I've done for drug addicts that are younger than you? 26 years old, 31 years old, 35 years old. I, I don't forget those funerals. I don't forget what darkness is to look in children from the way darkness has prevailed on people. I've done, I can't even remember how many suicides I've done for, for the funerals. I can't escape this darkness. I live, I live under the promise of the glory. Are you with me? I, I, it sounds like I'm, wow. I'm not here to put it. A, a downer on you, but I, I, I want to put you in re, a reality check. How's that? That the church, you know, we, we, we go on these things, you know, like glory. But what we really need is we really need to understand what we're in to be able to walk and navigate through it, to understand the tension that we're in. Because here's what's happening. A lot of people are struggling and they're backing out of their faith in the glory side and giving over to the dark side. How many of you, when you're in the middle of the battle, the first thought is that God has forsaken me, God has forgotten me, God has, God has somehow left me out to hang to dry. How many of you have ever thought like that? Come on, be honest. You're sick, and all of a sudden, your fear comes on you, and you're like, oh, uh, my Lord, and, and you know, and I, I, was, I was shoveling my driveway last Monday, and I was, I, and, and I was just going along, it was a sunny, beautiful day. I was getting her done. I mean, I was almost done. And I, and I, I, my feet hit, I, I shoveled the snow and underneath it was a solid sheet of ice and my legs flipped up and I came flat of my back and then slammed my head on the pavement. And I felt like, whoo. And my first, my first thought was, Oh God, I've broke something. 
Why do you think that is? Why, why is our first thought always lent, lent to the negative? When somebody calls you and says, hey, I got, I got some news. Don't we typically go, oh, no, what happened? Why is it when someone says, sit down, I got something to tell you, we're all like, oh my God, what did I do now? <laughs> because there's just something, I'm, I'm, I'm laying on the ground and I'm hurting and I'm thinking and, then the, and then I'm like, Lord, oh, Lord, I, I need your help. Because there was nobody around. My wife was at work. I didn't have a phone on me. I couldn't call anybody. I'm laying there thinking, I don't know, and I'm, I'm just kind of feeling, am I, I going to be able to do this? And it took me a few minutes for my head to stop spinning. And, I, and my head is going through all kinds of different things. And, and, and I'm thinking, you know, this is what happens. You're going along, and all of a sudden, you're, 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 you get your feet knocked out from under you. Are you hearing me? You get your feet knocked out. From, it doesn't take a whole lot to get your feet. All, you can walk in and, and get fired or get laid off and your feet are knocked out from under you. Your, your relationship, you walk in and all of a sudden you're dumped or, or you, you know, I'm out. or, or so, and, and your feet are knocked out from under you. And all of a sudden the, the darkness kind of comes on you. You're, you're going along. A doctor tells you, I don't like what I see here. And I think it could be cancer. And all of a sudden your feet are knocked out from under you. I know those, I know those things. Are you with me? I'm not trying to scare you and I'm not prophesying doom over you. I'm just telling you, we live in a world of darkness and the, and when that says gross darkness, the word, it doesn't mean dark and dark or dark and darker. It means there's this darkness and then there's a darkness like a fog that sets down on you. Like a, it's actually literally translated a lowering sky. You know what? You know what clouds are? Clouds are are when moisture fills the air, and they form in the heavens, and they obscure your vision. You know what fog is? It's a cloud on the ground. Darkness and gross darkness. The people. And so then there's this tension held because now what do I do with this? What do I do with this information? Because every truth is held in tension. And listen to me now because this is where it gets, this is going to be a little better for you, I hope. This is where faith is required. You see, it's faith because you have to stand in the middle of your darkness and proclaim that you are a child of light. You have to stand in your darkness, whatever it is. Someone betrayed you. Someone hurt you. Something happened to you. Something's coming against you. You have to stand in that place and you have to proclaim that I am a child of God like we sang this morning. Because it doesn't feel like you're a child of God when the darkness is settling in on you. Are you listening to me this morning? Because you're either on your way into that cloud, in the middle of that cloud, or on your way out of that cloud. But irregardless, you have to know who you are. I am a child of God. Because if you lose that, you lose faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God, 
He that cometh to God. See, everyone needs to obtain the glory. Do you know that the very desire to go after the glory is a gift from God? That when you have a, like a lot of church people, I'm telling you now, a lot of church people have lost their hunger for God. They have lost their desire for the glory. They have lost their yearning for God to show up in their life. And they have surrendered and given up on God. But God puts this burning desire, and, I, and, I, and it's only, listen, it's, it's in a remnant of people right now. Can I tell you that our country is in the middle of some real darkness? And it's not looking good. What is the hope? Oh, our hope is that Congress gets its act together. Well, good luck with that. Our hope is that the president will quit tweeting. Good luck with that. You know, the only hope for our country is a revival. It's a return to the glory. It's a return to God. It's a return to humility and seeking God. It's a return to the Holy Spirit having his way in our lives. And this truth is held in tension. I want to I, I I show you something here in 2 Thessalonians in Matthew 24. And this, this might sting a little bit, but stay with me. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, it says, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit. Don't let those, the big words mess you up. Sanctification just means that you've been set apart by the Spirit. The Spirit sets you apart and belief in the truth. So you see what God's doing in your life? God from the beginning, he called you to salvation. Aren't, how many of you are glad for that today? Yeah. Man, I remember what it was like to be lost. And really, here's what I tell people. I was so lost, I didn't even know I was lost. It's one thing to be lost and know you're lost. You can always stop and ask for direction. I was so lost, I never even stopped to ask, where am I going? And then God showed up. And he called me to salvation. <laughs> he called me. He said, Mike, it's time for you to get saved. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll get right on that. Yeah, well, as, as the darkness surrounded me, and I was more and more swallowed up in the, in the helpless feeling that the, I, was, I was no match for this darkness, because in, there is, was a time where I thought, I got this. Yeah, I got this. Like, yeah, you got this, all right. This was killing me. It was destroying me. My addictions were running my life. Yeah, I got this under control, liar. I lied to myself. Y'all ain't never done that, but I have. He said, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through setting you apart by the Spirit. He set me apart. He said, man, I got something better for you in the Holy Spirit I got power for you. I've got power for you. I've got holy power for you. And belief in the truth. So the, there's a two, that's a two-barrel shotgun right there. The Holy Spirit and truth. That's, a, that's, that's power. Say amen, somebody. Amen. If you want to know how to find your way out, you're going to find your way out through the Holy Spirit and truth. Now, he sets you apart and belief in the truth 
So how important is it to believe the truth? Well, if you believe the truth, then the truth will make you But if you do not believe the truth, your lack of belief will cause you to be bound. Well, think about it. If the truth can set you free, then a lie puts you in bondage. And a lot of us are walking around with lies up in our head. You're believing the wrong things about your life, about your future, about your salvation. Because some of you are thinking, this, nothing's ever going to change. That's a lie. You just believed a lie. My life ain't ever going to get any better. I'm never going to get that job. I'm never going to get my marriage together. I'm never going to see my kids lined up. I'm never, 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 never. You've just believed a lie. And so he says, it's through the belief in the truth. Now listen to this. To which he called you. Mike! This way, by our gospel, for the obtaining, everybody say obtaining, Obtaining. for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's the obtain, the glory. See, a lot of you, a lot of you think like, well, I got it. And since you think you got it, you ain't going after it. But if you got it, then why are you in the mess you in? I, Pastor Mike, you just, you hurt. You hurt me. That's not fair. I'm trying to help you. Because if you don't realize where you're at, you'll never be able to get to where you need to be. So you say, well, when do we know when we obtain the glory? What's the truth in, what's the truth in, 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 in uh, contention there, in intention? What's the truth in tension? Well, there's, there's this obtaining the glory Or the darkness is trying to come against you. And guess what, folks? The devil doesn't get to decide how this ends. I said the devil does not get to decide how this ends. I said the devil does not going to have a say in how this ends. It's Jesus that's going to determine how this ends, and it's my obedience to him that determines whether or not I'll be there with him when it, when it, it shows up. <laughs> That's good preaching, Pastor Mike. Yeah, thank you very much. You're saying, because, you know, I just, I was hoping to get it in a prayer line. <laughs> I was too. But this, see, what, what happens in the truth intention This is where you learn to know God and know truth. See, if there was no tension, you would never go after God. And if there was no tension, you would never come to know the truth. Because look at what we do with the truth. We we somehow can miss it. Like we take the truth of salvation and we turn it into, and we make God a Santa Claus. Like, God, you're just going to do everything I want, right? And we didn't realize that what this is all about, we sang it. It's not so you can get your will done. It's so his will will be done on earth in you as it is 
in heaven. And so, now, the tension here is if I, if I could convince you that, the, how many of you know this is like a refrigerator verse right here, isn't it? You know, the kind that you want to cut out and put on your refrigerator? I'm going to obtain the, praise God, I'm going to obtain the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what you need to do is back up into the beginning of this chapter and realize the tension that this is being held in is that it's a, through the belief of the truth. You know what Paul talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, all the way up to verse 12? He talks about the falling away. Know this, that there will not, I, that there will not be a, a, the coming of the Lord until there be a falling away first. Only he who now letteth or hindereth will hinder it until he be taken out of the way. So here we have this tension. We have a group of people who are obtaining the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then there's this others who are falling away because of unbelief, because they did not love the truth. Say amen, somebody. I got to preach, how many of you want me to preach the whole gospel? So here's Matthew 24, verse 12 to 14. Now Matthew 24 is, is a very prophetic chapter where Jesus talks a lot about the end times. In this court discourse of talking about the end times, he, he's, he says that when the, when the, when the Lord comes, it's gonna be, there's going to be certain things that have to happen. Now, here's the truth held in tension that Paul was talking about in Thessalonians that Jesus talks about in Matthew 24. And he says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. This is a falling away. You say, Pastor Mike, why would you say that? Well, because the word love there in verse 12 is the word agape. The word agape, there's only four words in the New Testament Greek for love. Agape is the God kind of love that's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. So when you look it up, you can, if you have a Strong's, you can look this up, and you're going to see in Matthew 24 where it says love, it's translated for the Greek word agape. And we, we, you hear a lot about it, agape, the agape kind of love, God kind of love where God treasures you. Thank God for agape kind of love. Only trouble is today in the church, our agape's gotten sloppy. Anyway, this is only a God kind of love. So the lawlessness, because lawlessness abounds, how many, I don't even have to make an argument that lawlessness is on the rise. <laughs> And when lawlessness arises, he said, the, the love of many, the agape love, will grow cold. The word grow cold there means become cool by blowing. It's like this. What happening in our culture right now is the enemy is just like blowing on the embers of the church to see if he can cool you down. It tickles me so much to see people get lit up, with, lit up by the fire of the Holy Ghost. And people are like, you need to be careful because, you know, you'll get into some kind of fanaticism. <laughs> My God, it's like, 
it's like fanaticism. Most people's Holy Ghost can't even get them to a prayer meeting. A friend of mine, he used to say it like this. He said, y'all worried about wildfire? He said, I, he said, I ain't worried about wildfire. There's enough wet blankets around here to put it out. <laughs> I'm not promoting fanaticism. But here, there, here's a truth in, con- in, in, in contention, in tension, in contrast. It says, Okay, in verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. So while the love of many is growing cold, while there's this falling away, then there's those who are enduring to the end. Salvation's working, church. The power of God is still available for those who will believe it. Now look at verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom, this, everybody say this gospel. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So while there's this falling away, and the the church is becoming, much of the church is becoming lukewarm and cold, there's this fire side of this with a righteous remnant who are filled with the fire and the passion of God who are running all over the earth, running to Atlanta, running out to the streets, running out here, running out there. Why? To share Jesus with a lost and a dying world. Why? Because there's something burning and on the inside of them that can't let go. It'll make you share Jesus when it's convenient and share Jesus when it's not convenient. My Lord, I was standing here last night. We, we could have had a revival right here with all the backsliders that were in this room last night. And I'm praying that the Holy Ghost goes after every one of them because I stood there and told them that Jesus was calling them back in resurrection life no matter how dead you are, no matter how dead your life has been. Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection, and I am the life. Come to me. Well, I got news for you. The church is going to have to wake up and come to Jesus before they ever do. I'm going to get myself in trouble here. There's the tension. Everybody look at this. So they've got this tension of 2 Thessalonians where there's those obtaining the glory and then those who are falling away. And you you can read it. You should read it later. It's a great, I don't know. I I don't know why we pick certain verses. Read everything in context. Read everything in context. Because any truth that's not in context is a pretext. Which is how false doctrine gets going. And so let me, can I, obtaining the glory, the desire for every true child of God is to obtain the glory. What is the glory? In different places in the Bible, it's used as the honor of God. When God, when we see verses, especially throughout the Old Testament, and he's talking about how when, give to God the gl- glory, do his name. It's translated in honor in other places. reputation. Glory to God. Uh, give glory to him. It has to do with his reputation being marvelous. Praise uh, is translated glory. Dignity, power, blessing, heaven's splendor. When people, we talk about I'm going to glory, that represents heaven's splendor. It's, it's, it's the active definition. Now listen to this. You should write this down. 
It's the invasion of God's reality into the natural realm. What glory is, when he says glory will be seen on thee, it's the invasion of God's reality into the natural realm. How many of you know heaven is, is invisible? The kingdom of God is invisible. But how many of you know it's more real than what you see around you? And when God's glory shows up, he's taking what is in heaven and he's invading earth with it and revealing his reality in the middle of whatever the situation. So when Jesus came to show us what glory was, because glory came by Jesus Christ, according to John, and we beheld his glory. And so when the glory showed up, it, it was Jesus coming into the earthly realm and showing a heavenly reality. So I, I got to go on here because I want to get to something here, maybe. So I, this is a definition from Bob Sorge that I thought was just so powerful because I have studied this for years. I have studied the glory. I have asked God. I've been like Moses in the wilderness where I've said, oh, God, show me your glory. God, show me your glory. God, if, it, if you don't go with me, then I, I'm not going. God, show me your glory. Uh, Bob Sorge said this. He said, glory is used in the Bible to describe the action of God whereby he takes of his glory, which is eternally existent in heaven. It's always been, it will always be. God's glory was always been, it will always be. And he pushes through the veil that separates the natural and spiritual realities. You know that veil. That veil is talked about throughout the Old and the New Testament. It pushes through the veil that separates natural and spiritual realities and reveals within the parameters of our time and space the splendor of his magnificent beauty and splendor. So in other words, when you're sick in your body... And you ask God, God, I need your healing touch. And the reality is that in heaven, there is no sickness. There's no tears in heaven. There's no weakness in heaven. There's no sorrow in heaven. And when God, how many of you have ever had God's healing touch in your life? Then heaven's, re, heaven's reality broke through the veil. And the re heavenly reality was imparted to you when the will of God was done on earth as it is in heaven, and God healed your body. That's all I'm saying. If there was brokenness in your relationships, if there was a, 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 a situation, a problem, something that God turned around. How many of you ever have had God turn around a problem for you? And when heaven's reality came into your situation, how many of you have ever had an enemy that you needed God to turn their heart because this person was trying to destroy you? And you said, oh God, I need you to visit. Vengeance is yours, God. I don't want to, I don't want to have bitterness and unforgiveness toward anybody, God. I need you to show up. I need you to rip the veil open, God, and push through the veil and let the reality of your presence, your love, your forgiveness reveal, God, your majesty, your splendor. That's, what, that's, that's when you're really touching heaven because God says, I could get with that. Yeah. 
And when God touches that heart and changes that situation, you have just seen the glory of God. So what has happened? Heaven invaded earth. We just sang that in that song this morning. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom. Thy kingdom. Come. Come, invade earth. Thy kingdom, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And yet I'm, I'm considered a fanatic because I believe that God can actually invade earth. See, we don't have any trouble in believing the darkness can go and do anything it wants. Oh, it's just a bad day. Just a dark day. Things are getting bad. But you start grabbing onto the glory and the promise that arise, shine, for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness is covering the earth. Gross, see, he's not in denial. Yes, I'm right in the middle of this darkness. I've been planted right here in Portage, Indiana to proclaim to you the light and the glory of God. The enemy has tried to get me to back up, to shut up, to, to go other directions, but I'm here to stand my ground and tell you today that heaven is going to invade Portage, Indiana, that heaven is going to invade this church, that heaven is going to invade your marriage, that heaven is going to invade your children, that heaven is going to invade us once again. And we have been called to obtain this glory. We ain't got it. So y'all got to come off of yourself and say, God, we're going after this. We're going after this glory. We're going after this glory. And see, because the devil's trying to sit you down and shut you up. And isn't it funny how once you open the door to anything, it has a prevailing sense of overwhelming you until like a blanket, it snuffs you out. I saw this a while back when we were praying. I saw this big, like, cloth come lay over the, what was a, a, without a doubt to me, was, a, was the fire of God burning. And apparently, to, as, I, as I was just trying to think it through later, it, it represented the, the house of God, the fires on the altars of God. And the enemy was trying to put the, put the fire out of your altar and my altar and the altars of the church and the altars of our homes and the altars of our city. And this blanket just descended like slow motion and fell over the fire. Because, you know, the fire, the best way to put out of a fire is to smother it. And I watched this and I grieved in my spirit. And I grieved in my spirit. And I said, oh God, what's it going to take to lift the lift this smothering spirit off the fires of God? And God spoke to me and told me, just as sure as I'm standing here today, as the church prays, as the church comes after me, as the church obtains me and seeks me, this thing will have to lift, and I will take it from you, and I will lift you up. I will, you will arise. You will shine with the luminous power of God. I'm telling you, this is no mistake. This is no accident. You're here today. I'm here today because God is calling us to seek him once again. Again, obtain this glory. 
obtain this glory because God wants to do something on the earth today, I really believe. I'm tired of preaching revival's coming, revival's coming, revival's coming. I believe the glory is here and the time is now. I heard a pastor that I've been, I didn't even, I didn't know nothing about until just a few months ago. And I, and I, you know, and I, I come on, I, I listened carefully. I, I listen with my heart. I listen with my spirit and I weigh things and, and I try to, I try to discern and this man is, God has been speaking through him. He's just a pastor of a little church in out West. And I, I listened to him the other day and just caught a little snippet of something. I've, I've been, I watch his Sunday mornings, uh, usually on Monday. Because usually after I preach here on Sunday, I need to get saved. And so I listen to him, helps me get saved every Monday. It's true. Why lie about it? Here's what he said. He said he had a dream at the turn of this year. And he said the Holy Spirit told him, he said, the church is on the clock. Immediately when he said that in my spirit, I could see. I remember years ago I had a job in a factory and I punched in every day. I haven't punched in for, for years, but I remember this punch-in clock had a, had a clock face on it, a flat thing you slid your card in, and then when you punched in, you slid your thing in the inbox and then you went and worked your shift. The happiest day, part of your day was when you walked over to there and you punched out. How many of you say amen? amen? In my spirit, I saw the church, there's a lot of the church that is reaching for their card and they're trying to punch out. And God is saying, you're on the clock. And it's getting late. It's getting late. And when he said this, he said, you're on the clock, and it's getting late. Again, I just broke, and something came up within me. And I said, God, please help us wake up. And then immediately I thought about what I've been sharing, what I've, God's been speaking to me, arise and shine. I want you to bow your heads with me. This morning, I want to ask you to ask yourself, have you punched out? See, you still, you still come to church, but your faith is, has been smothered like the fire. And it's really hard for you to believe God for anything because the enemy is overwhelmed you and convinced you that it just doesn't make a difference. It just doesn't seem to matter. Even some of you, the devil's convinced you it doesn't matter. The harder I try, it just seems like the worse it gets. The devil's a liar. You see, I can, I'm reading your mail this morning by the very spirit and the anointing that sits on me today. I don't, I don't, I'm not telling you that, I'm not telling you something that's foreign to use. You know, you know what you're struggling with. You know how you have fought the beasts 
that have come against you and tried to rob you of your joy, tried to take away the substance of your faith. I'm not talking about the giddiness of, of just, you know, putting a smile, a plastic smile on your face and, oh, praise the Lord, everything's good. I'm talking about the grit in your back that says it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at me. I'm not backing up and I'm not giving up. And you see, if you're not careful, the devil will get you over into a counterfeit faith. which is no more than just a, a mental assent instead of a faith in God. And here's how to tell the difference between mental assent and faith in God. It's where you are right now in the middle of the darkness. Because if you have given up and given in, then you have lost your faith. Remember when Peter told, uh, Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, Satan hath desired to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, he said, I'm just going to pray for you. He didn't say, I'm going I'm to get you out of this. He didn't say, I'm not going to let you experience this. He didn't say, I'm going to protect you from the devil's assault. He said, I'm praying for you because what you're about to go through is essential to you really getting on the bedrock of true faith. And then Jesus said this, when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. Conversion means transformation. When your transformation comes, when you obtain the glory, you're going to be a strength to the brethren. But right now you can't even stand and say you know me because you're going to deny me. And Peter went out and went through one of the worst trials of his life. And when he came out the other side, he obtained faith and the glory of God. And some of you are in the midst of the most severest of trials right now. And I'm here to tell you that you are fighting and you're, you're trying to hold on mentally. And the best thing you can do is let your mental ascent go and throw yourself on Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you to convert me, to transform me, to change me so I can walk your will out. So that heaven can invade my earth. My earthly reality can be changed. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.